What's good, fam? This is your boy Dijon, and this is how to be a motherfucking legend. Yeah! This is the place to be for inspiration and the realization of your full creative potential. Uh huh. Each episode, we're gonna be sharing tips uh. and insights to help you unlock the greatness that is already inside of you. Okay. Yo, what's good fam? This is a very special episode of the How to Be a Motherfucking Legend podcast. I'm sitting here with my boy David Lyon. Yes. AKA Lionism. Yes. How you feel? How you feel? I'm feeling amazing, bro. How about you? I also feel amazing. We had a really amazing experience last night for a dear sister's birthday up in the Pacific Palisades. Yes. Nature vibes. TP Lion was doing some magic. He had the whole room captivated. So we're just continuing the magical vibes right now. Yeah, yeah, let's get into it. I'm done. Thanks for being here, brother. Thanks for having me. All right, so this week's episode is called How to Be Magical as Fuck. Because Lion's been a magician here for what, 16? 16 years. Yeah, so maybe you could share the story of how you got into magic Mm -hmm. and how magic is a part of your everyday life. Yeah, um, I think there's, there's like there's two parts of that story because there's the, you know, there's just the growing up as a psychic kid not knowing, and there's the entertainment part. Which one do you want me to dive into? Both. Both. Okay. Cool. Um, I'll start with the entertainment part. Okay. Um, so it was basically when I was 16. You know, I was at just at that point in my life where, you know, I saw all the I saw there's a group of cool people and they always had a thing you know they were either basketball players or rappers or they had something and I was just at that point in my life where I was trying to find well what's my thing because you know I'm like I want friends too I want girls I want to be cool and um, and so it was between 14 and 16 that I was just trying out different things I tried the basketball I tried the rapping I tried dancing and you know it's like I was alright but none of it was my thing none of, none of it like really lit me up mm. and Right when I was pretty much giving up thinking that I didn't have a thing, I was just kind of down and out sitting in my basement. I'm like, all right, well, maybe I'm just normal. Maybe I'm just regular. And um, my mom yelled down and she's like, David, David, you got to turn on the TV. There's this new magician on TV. I'm like, I don't want to see him. He's probably just going to copy David Copperfield. And she's like, no, you don't understand. He does street magic. His name is David Blaine. Mm. And I was just like, street magic? I never heard of that. And I just remember I turned on the TV and just saw him performing for celebrities and for strangers and it was just this instant just that's what i want to do and that was uh that was the dream beginning right on yeah yeah so then what was your next step after you realized that that's what you wanted to do well i feel like that was where you know because i never had that moment where i asked myself the question i'm like okay well now how do i learn magic secrets because magicians don't share their secrets you know because that's one of the things i get asked is you know, how do you become a magician if a magician doesn't share their secrets? Right. It's a great question, right? And for me, it was just, you know, I, I really feel like magic found me. Like, it was meant for me to see David Blaine at that moment. Mm. And it was just in me making that decision, saying that's what I want to do. There was no question of how I was going to do it. So it was just the way that life unfolded synchronistically. Mm. That, you know, I tried going to the bookstores and to the libraries and online. And, you know, I found a few tricks here and there, but nothing that was very... David Blaine-esque mm-hmm. and and again same thing happened just as I was about to give up and be like alright maybe I can't find that in Montreal um, I happened to walk into school one day I was in grade 10 at the time I was about 15-ish 15-16 years old mm-hmm. and um, 
as I walked in, I'm about to go to class, and I just hear this huge uproar in the cafeteria. And it was just, and I'm looking, I'm like, what's going on over there? And I see a guy standing with a deck of cards. And I'm just like, no way, there's a David Blaine in my school. Mm. And, you know, so I followed him around all day. I was watching him perform, never actually going into his performances. Like, I was always watching from the outskirts, you know, because I was just kind of appreciating the art and magic that it was. Mm -hmm. And then as he went around for about an hour performing, finally when he was done being the magician and just went back to being Chris, I approached him and I'm just like, dude, like, your magic blows me away. Could you please tell me, like, how'd you do that one trick where you turned a card into another card? Mm. And for whatever reason, he just told me. And, you know, what it most gave me in that moment was, one, it taught me a new trick, but it gave me the thinking of a magician. And once I, I learned how to think like a magician, then I was able to go back and watch David Blaine and all these other people and start to pick it apart and come up with my own ways of uh, recreating what they were doing. Mm. And that's kind of how the past started to unravel. I love that. Yeah. So one thing I heard was that your kind of soul felt like it chose magic or magic felt like it chose you. So people often ask when they're getting started on something new, like, what's the first step? And I think the first step is just moving from your heart, you know? Yeah. And I feel like it was also just being passionate about being passionate. You know, that's what I was just, I didn't know what my passion was, but I was so passionate about finding my passion that I feel like that led to the current of me eventually finding the thing yes and passion is of the heart that's a heart energy exactly whereas like the details and how do I do that that's more of a mental like I'm trying to figure it out you exactly. know and, and one thing that I appreciate about your presence is you really don't try to figure things out <laughs> yeah, you, know, yeah. you like live in a flow state and just being open to what the present moment is offering mm -hmm. because a lot of times if we have preconceptions about what we want or where we want things to come from then that closes off other possibilities. But if you just have the passion and stay open to whatever the highest path is in that moment, then you get to go on a journey that you never would have been able to come up with on your own. Absolutely. Yeah, and I, I definitely think it also played a factor that I was still so young. You know, I, I wasn't looking for my purpose or my career or any of that stuff. I didn't have th those thoughts in my mind. I just really wanted to connect with people. Mm -hmm. You know, so it, it's like I, I had this... Um, I was coming from such a strong place of innocence that I feel really allowed for that discovery to happen. Mm. Yeah. Right on. So as you're, you've been a magician for 16 years. 16 years. Um, you mentioned how to think like a magician. Could you elaborate on what that means? A little bit, yeah. <laughs> I get, so basically what I had learned is that magicians think backwards. So, for example, when... A magician's doing a performance the way that a magician will look at it is they'll look at what's the end result they want to uh, achieve like what's the effect they want to achieve and they'll work their way backwards rather than thinking of like okay well what could I do with this deck of cards and trying to find their way forward so that that was a, a huge key for me because then I started watching everything backwards mm. you know so that was that was one of the, the magician mentalities so it's like you visualize the end result that's it yeah and then take the steps to get there Exactly, yeah, you know, it's like, so for example, one time um, I was doing a TV appearance and it was my first TV appearance in 2010 and I knew I wanted to do something that hadn't been done before and so the way that I, I was envisioning it, I started at the end and I just saw, I knew I wanted to do something with mind reading but I also wanted to be very visual, you know, because very often if anyone's seen a mind reading performance, it's pretty much, you know, think of someone, I tell you who the person is, it's astonishing, but there's nothing visually happening. Right. But I was, so I was playing with this idea of visuals until eventually I got to this, 
this spark where I'm like, oh, I would love something with like just with smoke and and the, and the name that she's thinking of is burnt onto my bottom lip. And so it's like I started with the end and then I started to work my way back as to how I would approach that and actually make the moment happen. Mm -hmm. And it was just next level awesome. That sounds pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah, if you haven't seen this guy's magic, it's, it's truly amazing. Yesterday, one of the tricks he was doing was, well, first, is it okay if I relay this story? Yeah, please. So first, <laughs> he had us like focus on the energy between our fingers while we were listening to his voice. And just by the sound of his voice, we could feel energy like pulling our fingers together, which doesn't sound impressive, but it was like <laughs> something about his vocal field was connected to our energy fields yeah. that was connecting our fingers. So then he said, who felt that? I need one woman and one man. And it was one woman who raised her hand, my homegirl Rachel, and yeah. I raised my hand and he had us come out. And he connected our energies by you know, putting one hand to me and one hand to her and just guiding us to being connected. And then he said, okay, stand there with your eyes closed, right? So he was <laughs> like, just, just, we're gonna go through a little thing and then I want you to tell me what happens afterwards. So I'm staying there you know, for maybe 10 seconds and then I feel a little tickle on my nose right here. <laughs> a little tickle just like that. And I'm like, okay. And then a couple seconds later, another little tickle. So he's like, okay, open your eyes. And everyone, I have my eyes closed. Everyone is watching me. Everyone's like, oh my God. Oh. And I'm like, what? You know, I don't know what's going on, what the big deal is about. And then he asked me like, did you feel anything while that was going on? I was like, yeah. And he was like, where did you feel it? And I was like, right here. And everyone was like, oh, shit, oh, my God. And I was like, what? You know, because to me, I just got touched. I was like, I don't see what the big deal is. But then he was like, did I ever touch him? And everyone was like, no, he never touched you. But what he did do was touch Rachel with her hair. He took her hair and rubbed it on her nose in that exact spot. And I felt her energy through whatever magic he was doing and that really blew everyone away so if you haven't checked out his magic you have your own youtube channel right yes david lion on youtube you can find all my stuff l-i-o-n and lionism is his instagram mm -hmm. and uh you know it's great hearing your story but it would also be really awesome if there's any magic you could share with the people before we shine off here yeah we would have to roll into that after i, I don't have any inspirations at the moment okay yeah okay we can maybe take a little break <coughs> and see if we can come up with something to dazzle you guys but thanks so much for being here on how to be a motherfucking legend yes you have anything else you want to share with the people um how about what's what's something a shift people can make in their own lives to live a more magical experience courage Courage played a really huge role in my growth and my transformation. And the reason why I say courage is because when I first learned magic, um, from 16 to 21, I had never performed for anybody. Mm. So for five years, I was just practicing in the mirror, literally like locking myself in the bathroom because I had like all kinds of mirrors and I would watch like that and just get really good at it. But I was terrified to go and perform for people because also at this point in my life, you know, I'd, I'd been... I went through a lot of psychological bullying, I was rejected a lot, so I had lots of insecurities. Mm. And so I was very afraid to go up and approach people because the last thing I wanted was to get made fun of or rejected again kind of thing, or mm -hmm. to fail. Mm -hmm. And so I remember high school ended and I started college, this college called Dawson in Montreal. And 
I had zero friends. Like none of my high school friends came to Dawson and I just showed up in this big school with tons of people and I knew nobody. I felt very invisible. And I remember every single day I would, after class I would walk down and I would look at all the cool people in the cafeteria and I'd, and I'd, and I'd be like, man, I'm like, if only they gave me a chance. If only they gave me a chance, I know we would get along. I know that we would love each other kind of thing. Mm. And I just didn't know how to bridge that gap. And so I knew I'm like, I got to perform for them. And so I kept telling myself tomorrow, tomorrow I'm going to perform. So I go back and I had my, you know, my, my signature effect at that time was, you know, where I would borrow someone's dollar bill and turn it into a hundred dollars. And that's the one that I was practicing. And so every day I would return to school and I would repeat the same cycle of, you know, ending class, coming down, I'm like, okay, today I'm going to do it. I would get myself all pumped up in class. School would end. I'd go and look at them. My knees would shake, and I'd be like, tomorrow. <laughs> and I literally lived that hamster wheel for a whole semester, three, four months or something like that. And then when the semester re-began, that's when I realized that I'm like, my life's not changing. I'm like, I can't keep doing this. It was getting to the point where the pain of constantly living that hamster wheel was too much to, to just keep living that and, and just keep wondering what if, mm. you know, and it was kind of like that realization that, you know, nothing's going to change unless I do. And so finally one day I was just like, because I had enough of that feeling, I was still terrified, but you know, my, my desire for, for what was on the other side was so much greater that I was just like, okay, I'm going to do it. And this time I walked down, I'll never forget it. Like the fear didn't go away. My knees were still shaking. I was terrified. And I thought, I'm like, hey, you know what, maybe I could start small. And I kind of like cruised through the cafeteria and I found these two women who were just, who looked the least intimidating, basically. And I'm like, oh, maybe I'll start with them. And I was just like, uh, ex uh, excuse me, um, can I show you something interesting? Do you have like a $5 bill I could borrow? And clearly I wasn't very threatening. So they were just like, yeah. So they give me the bill. And what I didn't realize was that as soon as I take the bill and I, you know, roll my sleeves up and start showing my hands empty and all that stuff that people would realize that I'm performing something. Mm. So all of a sudden my performance for two people turned into 50 people gathered around me 360 mm. and I was just in it and there's like, there, it was do or die. There was no <laughs> going back. And I was just like, all right. Cause my biggest fear was I didn't want to be known as the guy who wanted to be a magician. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. You know, I'm like, I can't take anymore, uh -huh. but I was just there and you know, and I just, summon the courage to just live my truth I'm like this is this is what's calling me you know and I did it I did you know I did the performance I turned the girl's bill into a hundred dollars and as soon as they saw that it was a hundred the whole school the whole school went into this uproar mm. so intensely that you know as where people were running out the school a year prior there had been a, a school shooting unfortunately and so but so the security just saw people running out of the school so they thought there was another shooting so they call SWAT team without me knowing, Whoa. and I'm there continuing to perform tricks and whatever, and all of a sudden, not long after, SWAT team runs in, and I, and I see them like looking around for stuff, and as I put two and two together, I'm standing there with a deck of cards going like, did I do this? <laughs> you know, and, and that's when it hit me, I was like, this is what I meant to do. Mm. And that was the moment that forever changed my life, because like that was where I went from being the most invisible guy in school to the most popular guy in school, you know, and when I got my first you know, group of dope friends and a hot girlfriend and people who wanted to film me and it just, it opened up so much of my life. And so that's why I feel it's so important to have courage even in the face of fear because that's like, it's the portal to your dreams. Mm. Yeah. That's beautiful, man. Yeah, thank so you. Wonderful story. Yeah, thank you. So I hear the keys being one, passion. If you, 
pursuing your passion, if you don't know what your passion is, being passionate about finding your passion. That's it. Then once you do that, persevering, because you said you did it for five years for yourself before you did it for anyone. Yeah. Like, that's a, that's a lot of perseverance to be doing that on your own. I feel like a lot of people just would have given it up. Yeah, it's, it's, it's funny because it's uh, a lot of people say to me, like, oh, man, that must have taken a lot of work. And it didn't feel like work at all to me. For mm-hmm. me, it was I, I was so obsessed with it that I would literally, like, watch TV and play with a deck of cards kind of thing. And so it was like learning in a trance state. So, yeah, there was the perseverance ap- aspect, but it was definitely um, effortless and exciting uh, as well. You know? mm. Yeah. Yeah, maybe that's a good indicator of what actually is your passion. Because if it feels like work, maybe it's not. Exactly. You know, like if it's a constant joyful experience. Like I know when I play music, I can just get lost. And it just like three hours later, I'll be like, oh, like what what I get, what I do. And then I listen to it and I'm like, oh, that shit's dope, right? That's it. But if you're grinding, then you know that's not not the way. It's not the thing, right? right. Yeah, 100%. You know, it's like what they say, you know, if you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. Mm-hmm. And that's 100% how I feel about my life. Totally. These things are cliche, but they're cliche for a reason. And I feel like we just have deeper understandings of what they actually really mean as we walk our path. And yeah. then we have a, an awakening moment. We're like, ah, that's what they mean when they say that, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the passion... The consistency and the alignment, knowing that what you're doing is easeful and joyful. Mm -hmm. And then even when you're coming to do it, even if it is something you love and you have a certain level of mastery over, Mm -hmm. there's still maybe overcoming fear of like being seen or stepping into your full power. But what he's saying is like, it's so worth it. Absolutely. It's so worth it. And it's like my fear to this day never disappeared. Like to this day, when I have a big performance, I get scared. I get nervous. I get butterflies. Mm -hmm. I... I like I don't want to go on stage I I still go through all those things but Mm -hmm. I've just learned that those are what I'm feeling as nervousness is actually excitement it's just my mind distorting things and and not able to tune into it in the moment but I know as soon as I just go for it there's just this thing that happens there's this trance state that activates where it's just the most beautiful thing in the world and I guess because I've done it so many times I've become addicted to that fear so when I do feel it I'm like oh that's where I gotta go ah yeah wonderful yeah well, those are some pretty good downloads about how to be magical as fuck, I yeah. think. It's a nice little arsenal on how to be a motherfucking legend toolkit. That's it, that's it. <laughs> Appreciate it, brother. Definitely, thank you for having me. All right, well, like we said, he's got his own YouTube channel, David mm-hmm. Lyon. David Lyon, if you want to check me out, there's a bunch of street magic, street hypnosis, mind reading, spiritual wisdom, and just a whole bunch of goodness. Right on. Well, this is the first time he's in Dijon's dimension, but I'm sure there will be other times. Absolutely, man. Thanks for being here, brother. Thanks for having me, bro. Yes, sir. (laughs) All right. Stay tuned next time for How to Be a Motherfucking Legend. Yeah! (laughs) Bruh! I so appreciate you being here. If you enjoy the energy that we are creating and building, share it with the homies. Take a screenshot. Post it on your Instagram stories. Leave a five-star review on iTunes. Really, those five-star reviews are really going to help this get to more people. Just let people know about it. And if you ever want help going deeper into yourself, developing yourself, and doing that with a community and with guidance, head on over to programs.howtobeamotherfuckinglegend.com, and we got you. Until next time, peace.